This is Mark Jackson, Isaac on the Orville, and you're listening to the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. Hi, this is Joe Quickle. And this is Michael May. And this is Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. Uh, we're kicking this off and counting down to the Season 2 premiere. And here with, tonight, with us tonight is Rico E. Anderson, who played the Mocklin Doctor in the Season 1 episode about a girl. Thank you. It's, it's, it's great being on, on board with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so to start off, like I was just looking at your IMTB page. You have been in a ton of stuff. Um, and a bunch of like just favorite sitcoms and drama performances. I mean, like, I mean, your your credit listing reads like a it's like like my favorite shows list. Really, like you've been on Justified, you've been on Grey's Anatomy, you've been on Modern Family. Like, just out of all that work, like any favorite roles or experiences from this tremendous amount of TV work that you've done? Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like uh, picking your favorite kid in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, yeah, I you know I, I I have to say one of my most fun roles. Uh, look, I'm I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so I will always choose sci-fi first. But if I were <laughs> to go if I were to go overall, I would have to say uh, one of them is uh, my role on Young and Hungry, uh, where I played the character Marco. And um, it was just it was just a really, really cool experience working with the cast and the crew. And, you know, it was just a very opening, open and very welcoming uh, production to be a part of. And um, I got to play a character that I don't that, that I never really played on TV. And, you know, doing multi camera, multi camera comedies, which is uh, to people who don't know, it's usually three cameras filmed in front of a live studio audience, if you've ever heard that. Um, it, it, it lends to you being a lot more involved in the production itself because it's kind of like, um, like doing a play. You know, you, you're doing a reading of the script, you're rehearsing it, and you're, you're doing it a lot, like, throughout the week. And because of that... Um, you're you're more part of the process than than ever, you know. Being you know being uh, putting the show together, and like on a Friday, that's that's when they bring folks in the audience. You um, you get to perform it, so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Now on the other note, um, doing the Orville, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the Orville. <laughs> I, I have to say, being in the Orville, in, in the Orville was was it was a it was a fun, wonderful, and just just a real cool, awesome experience for a few reasons. Um, you know, we all know being fans of the Orville and uh, just being fans of the people on the show that you know the Orville takes. Uh, is 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 a wonderful homage to to Star Trek, and because of what it offers in terms of how it's produced, how it's um, uh, how it's executed, and everything, the storylines and what have you, it 
there, there's so much to nerd out over in terms of the people who are performing, the people behind the scenes. I mean, from Seth MacFarlane, who we all know from Family Guy, and Brennan Braga, who is was you know basically ran Star Trek, you know for the longest, um, and and just being a part of that and, and performing with the various actors who we've all known and seen from various TV shows and movies and things like that. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and also another one is uh, Star Trek. Star Trek Renegades, which I, I was very proud to be a part of. I played the villain Boros in that. And um, for people who don't know, that 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 show was a who's who of sci-fi actors. I mean, from right. people in Star Trek to people from Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Terminator, uh, Blade Runner, and uh, it 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 was uh, it, it was a hell of a show and piece to work on. You know, you you watch. A lot of people growing up that you may think one day, hey, I would love to meet these guys. I went one step further. I'm performing with these guys. So, yeah. yeah. So it's it's been it's been great. It's been a wonderful experience. But you know, it, it, every every show has its uh, its its amazing uh, experiences, and and you know, I I've I've been very lucky, very blessed in a lot of ways to to have just nothing but great experiences working on practically everything. That's cool. Now, I want to circle back around to Star Trek Renegades in more detail a little bit later, but tell me about your character that you played on that, because I have not seen that one yet. On Star Trek Renegades? Yeah. Uh, okay, so my character's name was Boros, and this was a new alien race that was created for the pilot itself, and uh, their, their race was called the Siphon. And I guess the best way to describe the Siphon race in Star Trek Renegades is, well, you could say they're, they're, they're Klingon-ish in terms of the badassness, um, but they're, they're even more ruthless in a lot of ways. And um, they, they, they have one hell of a grievance against the Federation and the people who um, are coming for them. Um, I know you get a lot of that with with a lot of a lot of alien races in Star Trek who want to destroy the Federation and things like that. But there's a really deep reason why these these guys are are uh, the way they are and why they want to have revenge. So my character's name was Boros, and uh, he's cool. the son of one of the other uh, main uh, villains, Borata, played by uh, Bruce Young, and uh, he's been Bruce Young has been known for. Uh, Oh wow! Uh, Quantum Leap, um, um, uh, uh, Jurassic Park, and uh, so he played my father in it. So I played one of the villains in it and uh, got to mix it up with uh, with the Renegades themselves. Cool. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty badass looking too. Like they, <laughs> the uh, that that species. Um, like I'm just looking at your picture of you in the makeup and, and like is just cool, cool, long hair. And, um, so this was not your first, uh, play, playing a Mocklin doctor was not your first time getting in all that makeup. It, it wasn't my first rodeo. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've had, uh, I've had some previous, uh, experience and, uh, you know, the makeup team of, um, uh, Lisa Hansel and Tim Bateau, um, threw that on me. Uh, it was a four hour, four hour job, about three wow. and a half hour job. Yeah. Putting it on. And uh, but the finishing product was was just amazing, and 
you know, it was a lot of fun to, to jump back into it. It was a while since I've done prosthetic makeup. And so to be able to uh, get back into that was 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 really cool. I you know I actually enjoy it. You know I, I, I it's it's not something that um, I feel claustrophobic in. It wasn't hot or anything like that. I mean I had a small little itch in the back of my neck, which I just kind of patted it down. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, besides that, it it wasn't bad, man. It was it was it was a lot of fun to be a part. Of. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, I want to come back and talk about some of your other Star Trek stuff um, in a little bit. But I thought this was really interesting. So you uh, you studied at San Francisco State University, and uh, you you majored in theater, right? I did, yes. And uh, and you minored in black studies, and you have played like a bunch of really important like black historical figures uh, in your career. Like you uh, you played Alexandre, and I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce. Uh, is that Petion? Petion. Is that mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the first president of Haiti. You've played uh, civil rights radio personality Shelley Stewart. You've played Malcolm X. You were in the Ballad of Emmett Till. But who did, who did you play in the Ballad of Emmett Till? So in the Ballad of Emmett Till, um, I played a few characters, but the main character that I played was his uh, his cousin. Okay. And, and uh, in the Ballad of Emmett Till, his cousin was one of the people who was in the room when Emmett Till was taken from the room that he was sleeping. Uh, when he was visiting wow. his his uh, uncle in Money, Mississippi, and so yeah. he witnessed the abduction before before he was uh, brutally murdered. Uh, yeah, wow. so he did that. That experience was he he was basically right there. Uh, he didn't see the murder happen, but he was he was there for you know seeing his cousin for the final time. Wow, uh, alive, I should say. Yeah, so I. I, I can only imagine it had to be an intense experience uh, acting um, in that production. But do you have like a? Uh, is there another that kind of rivals that in, in terms of intensity? I mean, all these people are like just super important, and um, uh, I don't know. Like, tell me about the. <laughs> yeah. What, what? Go ahead. No. It. it um, yeah. You know. I, w- I would say. Playing Alexander Pation was uh, was was an amazing experience, just in the fact that it, it was part of a trilogy called "For the Love of Freedom," and it was written by Levy Lee Simon, and it was produced by the Roby Theater Company, which is a, a theater company here in Los Angeles that uh, was started by Ben Guillory and Danny Glover. Mm. And Danny Glover is uh, he's he's still an active part of the of the theater company. Ben Guillory is the uh, artistic director of the Roby Theater Company, and the 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 show itself, uh, like I said before, it was a trilogy. And um, in the trilogy, it 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 more or less deals with uh, the rise of of Saint Domingue, which uh, eventually became uh, it is actually pronounced Haiti, and. Okay. Um, the first part of the trilogy had to do with, um, with, with, uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blanking out. Just, just, why would I blank out? <laughs> um, has to do with, uh, Toussaint Louverture. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Toussaint Louverture. Uh, the second part of the trilogy dealt with, uh, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. And the third part of the trilogy was with, uh, Henri Christophe. And all three of these people uh, ruled Haiti. Um, uh, Toussaint was the first ruler of Haiti. Uh, after his death, uh, um, uh, Dessalines, and after Dessalines, uh, uh, 
Henri Christophe. And um, playing the mulatto general, uh, it, it was fun for so many different reasons. I mean, you know, to dress up in the in the uh, in the Haitian garb that well, it was actually you know kind of a cross between Haitian and French mm-hmm. uh, garb was was a lot. You know, doing theater is great. It, it, it's great in all aspects, and, and being able to play historical characters was uh was a lot of fun and, and just being able to um play that character what a part of what the director wanted was he he wanted curls in my hair because you know being being of mulatto heritage back then or well, even today you know you or mixed heritages mm-hmm. uh your hair may be a little bit more curlier and of course you you could you know in in, in the case of my character we 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 curled it up so much to the point where when you looked at the final product and saw the the French garb I I was wearing I mean I almost came across looking like Prince. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know just to be able to play that historical character was 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 amazing. And of course there's Malcolm X in the in the play The Meeting, uh, written by Jeff Stetson, and um, being able to play such an iconic character. As uh, Malcolm X was was an honor. It was actually uh, a play that I produced um, along with um, Abner Genesee, who played Dr. Martin Luther King, and Neva Dorrell, who directed us. And um, yeah, that was what that was kind of a bucket list for me as an actor that I really wanted to uh, accomplish: uh, playing Malcolm X, but also playing uh, performing in that very important piece. Wow. Yeah, now, your French is like on point, man. Like, have you studied French, or you just picked it up through your work? Or, I, I okay. I my answer is going to basically be I studied very little French. In, in okay. fact, I, I will say that I studied maybe a semester of it. But I can't give. I I can I I it would it would do everybody who speaks French like a disservice to say that I studied. <laughs> All right. So I don't want to go there and say that. But yeah. but I'm, I'm really good at picking up accents and nice. and um yeah we had great uh, dialect coaches. Um, you know, between people who uh, grew up in in France and and people and, and and actual Haitians who who spoke French, who um, from Haiti, who are consultants, uh, people who really uh, made sure that we got them right and got the words right and 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 really delivered and represented properly. So, um, I give all of them the credit. <laughs> the people who actually gave us the uh, gave us the guidance to to right. be able to do it. Yeah. Cool. So, um, is there a, a historical figure you'd love to play but haven't yet? Well, oh, wow. Um, you know, I'm actually looking forward to a to a part that I'm going to be playing uh, next year. This is actually a, a bit of a plug in terms of what I'm what my future projects are going to be. Uh, I'm playing a character named Buck O'Neill. And Buck O'Neill was one of the managers of the Kansas City Monarchs, which is a team in the Negro Leagues back back in the 40s and 50s. Um, Buck O'Neill was the coach, but he was also one of the first um, one of the first coaches to be drafted from the Negro Leagues into the majors. And Buck O'Neill discovered Ernie Banks, who was one of the great foot uh, uh, football baseball players of the Negro Leagues, but also of the Major Leagues as well. And um, I've been reading up on his autobiography. Um, I was cast in that a few months ago. And we're going to be shooting that sometime, I believe, next spring. 
And uh, reading up on this character and just reading up on his history, it it, it was, it, it, I mean, you know, historical characters are, have always been a, a personal favorite of mine in terms of uh, uh, playing them, portraying them. Um, Mr. O'Neill was 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 quite a fascinating man in in many ways. I mean, uh, just just the parts that I auditioned for, the scenes that I read. He he was a very proud man and very uh, wise beyond his years in many ways. Um, but he knew baseball and he knew talent and he was responsible for a lot of historical baseball figures that we have today. So it's, 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 it's an honor to be able to uh, portray him. And, um, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing this. We're going to be actually be shooting it in Atlanta. So, oh, cool. yeah. And, and like I said, it's probably going to be in the spring possible. It might even be in the summer. We haven't locked down the day or they haven't locked the production hasn't locked down the dates yet. But um, uh, another character I would have to say, especially because my hair is longer and everything, I would love to play Lionel Richie. Oh, um, okay. nice. I, yeah. Now I know he's not really a historical figure in. Ah, in, close enough. <laughs> well, in the respect that you know we're talking about some of the other guys, but everybody and their mom has always said I look like Lionel Richie. Like when I nice. when my hair is like when I got the big hair like I do now. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I told my manager years ago. I I, I don't have her anymore, but when I. When when I started getting more of it, I said, "Look, when the Lionel Richie story comes out, <laughs> throw me in the mix. I got, I got this. I got this. I will learn how to sing. Um, I got the look down, and uh, you know, all night long." So. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. Do you sing? I I, I I sing a little bit. I don't sing. I can't. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that I'm Luther Vandross or anybody else who could like you know really blow. But I I, I like to sing. You know, I, I've done musicals in high school and stuff like that. And, um, hey, you know, like everybody, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Grammy award winning singer in the shower. But <laughs> besides that, eh, you know, I can dabble a little bit. I'm not a singer singer per se, but. Hey, you ask me to do it, I'll, I'll I'll throw some stuff out there for you. Just tell him, is it me you're looking for? And and listen, the answer is always yes, really. <laughs> you know, in an audition, the you know the, the running joke is, look, if they ask you if you can do something, unless it's something crazy, the answer is always yes. And then you just hurry the hell up and try to find out where you can forget lessons. You know, like can you can you ride a horse? Yeah. Of course I can. <laughs> you pull the fur bank and then you you know find an equestrian place and you're like, look, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I just need a crash course. <laughs> so, <laughs> Joe, you had a question, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, you're also a founding member of the African American Shakespeare Company in San Francisco. Uh, what can you tell us about that organization? So the, the African American Shakespeare Company is a it's a black theater company up in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, founded by Sherry Young. Um, I was actually one of the first people or one of the first actors to perform in the series of plays that that um, that were that uh, started at the beginning of the company's um, uh, run. And it's been over twenty years now since the company's been around. So. Um, uh, I remember Sherry Young, really good friend of mine from San Francisco State. Uh, we were having we were having lunch somewhere, and she said, "You know what, Rico? I have this great idea. I want to I want to start a theater company, 
and I want to call it the African American Shakespeare Company. And it doesn't necessarily mean we're just going to do Shakespeare, but I want to do, uh, I want to have a theater company that it's what's what it's called is the African American Shakespeare Company envisioning the classics with color, and what it does is it takes it takes a classic play and it adds a twist to it. Um, I did like we did Oedipus, and we had Oedipus take place in an African village. Um, we didn't, ch- yeah, we didn't change any of the dialogue or anything like that. We just changed. It's it's really more changing the setting, and in many cases, changing the ethnicity, or uh, or uh, in some cases, it could even be changing the gender depending on the situation. Um, but it, it's it's basically a black theater company, um, and it it's it's had an amazing run doing uh, many classic pieces. Um, people from all different ethnicities. It, it, it's it's a great opportunity to be able to perform and do something different, and be able to be able to uh, put your twist on it, put your spin on it. it. Which is one thing that I love about theater because you've seen many different versions of Romeo and Juliet and 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 uh, Macbeth and. And just all sorts of different productions uh, with Shakespeare, outside of Shakespeare. And um, African-American Shakespeare has produced most of them. And um, it's, it's such a great theater company to be a part of because of what it has offered actors for the last 20 years. And uh, specifically actors of color. And uh, I'm very proud to still, you know, be a part of it and, and um, trying to find some time to actually get back and perform another piece there because it's been years, but I would love to be a part of it again in that, in that capacity. Awesome. It sounds super cool. That makes me want to go visit San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> if you ever, cool. if you ever, yeah, well, look, if you ever do, please stop by or, you know, call and get tickets and, you know, go check it out. Tell them I sent you, but uh, you, you will not be disappointed. It's, it's. It's it's some it's some really quality theater in San Francisco, and you know, being twenty years on the on the maps, you know, you know the theater company's doing something right. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, you've been in a few Star Trek productions, and you actually had a role in the the two thousand nine Star Trek reboot, right? I did. I did. Yeah. If you uh, if you for all the fans and people who know of the uh, the two thousand nine movie. Um, when Kirk's on trial, I'm one of the council member who basically kind of side benches him, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was part of that. Cool. Yeah. Any stories from that production, or was that pretty quick? You know, when when I was on set, I the one thing that I told myself was I said, you know, I'm in a new Star Trek movie. And this is basically Star Trek the beginning, but with a twist. And the first thing that came to my mind after I thought that, I was like, this movie cannot fail. This movie cannot suck. If this movie does not do well, Star Trek is done. Mm, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's going to be, th- this is the great experiment. It, it, because at that point they were like, okay, we are bringing back Star Trek to the big screen, we, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it in a different way, in an interesting way, in a way that that is not going to be your normal 
uh, origin story. And obviously, we know how how that all uh, transpired. And you know, I, I it, it was it was such a fun production to be a part of. It, it had all these elements of of the old combined with the new, uh, combined with this amazing twist that nobody, you know, I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the homages were there, the homages to, to, to the original series, the thing that we, the things that we hear that we, that we, that we know of, uh, um, things that we've, you know, all those things that were, were very, um, prominent in, in the movie. I actually, I mean, I know that there were people who felt different things about it, but I actually thought it was pretty brilliant what they did and how they, how they executed, uh, bringing this, this, this new part of the franchise to life. Um, one of the best stories that I can say from my experience on set came from at the end when, I mean, uh, at this point, if it's, uh, if somebody's, if I'm going to spoil it for somebody, Shane, no, no worries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so at the end when Kirk is given back the, uh, or given the command of the enterprise and, uh, everybody in the council, uh, by the way, we shot that at Long Beach, at uh, Long Beach City Hall of all places. That that's <laughs> what City Hall looks like. I'm like, my God, that place is gorgeous. Oh. Um, um, so in the scene where Kirk is is given the he's he's made captain and everybody's clapping and you know the camera pans up and you see see Leonard Nimoy and he says, I believe full thrusters ahead. Mm. Um, I remember the day that we actually shot that episode, that episode, uh, that that scene. And nobody knew that that uh, Mr. Nimoy was on set. So we're all getting ready. We're all seated. We're all getting ready to to shoot the scene. And then um, uh, J.J. Abrams says, hey, everybody, can I have your attention, please? Um, I we have a very special guest here and I would love to introduce you all to him. If you look up uh, in the balcony there, we have. Mr. Leonard Nimoy, as you all know from the original series, Mr. Spock. And we all knew he was part of it, but we didn't know he was shooting that day. Okay. And everybody looked up. It was like, oh, my God. Started, <laughs> you know, thunderous applause. We started clapping. He waved. He gave us the Vulcan salute. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it was just like, oh, man, this this just made me. Just made my day, you know, yeah. made my production. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sharing some awesome screen credit with, with Mr. Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy. And, and I never got a chance to meet him, unfortunately. I actually met his son, Adam, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. But, um, and I uh, had, a, had a great opportunity to, you know, let him know how much uh, his father uh, meant to me in terms of my love of Star Trek and and. And stuff like that. And he was very appreciative. In fact, I think his father just passed away not too long uh, since uh, before that. Or, yeah, before that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it was very surreal. It was a trip. It was a trip. That's when I cool. tried on, That's yeah, when I tried on the uniform for the first time, I didn't even know. Um, I First of all, when I tried on the uniform that I wore, I thought I was playing a Romulan. And I thought I was playing, huh. like, like the old school original series Romulan because it had the black and white checkers and all that kind of stuff mm. wasn't the case. I ended up playing the council member. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Star Trek horizon. That, that was another fan production, right? That, uh, but I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, 
Uh, Star Trek Horizon. It was an independent uh, Star Trek production um, created by Tommy Kraft, who is actually uh, out of Michigan. And okay. uh, yeah, and myself and uh, Ryan T. Husk, we're both here from from L.A. And uh, we we did all of our work in Star Trek Horizon. Uh, we actually performed green screen work in San Diego uh, for the production. And uh, yeah, it was like one day. In fact, we actually shot that uh, both our scenes on. Uh, on a Saturday, the weekend of that Comic Con that was happening. So, yeah, yeah, it it uh, takes place during the era of Star Trek Enterprise, Captain Archer's crew, and okay. yeah, and uh, it it deals with the threat that's happening uh, to the Federation. Uh, what else is new? There's always a threat to the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and the Romulans are involved, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun to work on. It was quick, you know. It was it was a quick um, quick uh, production. Uh, Lisa Hansel uh, did both myself and Ryan's makeup for those scenes. Uh, Lisa Hansel, who also did my uh, makeup for Boros for uh, Star Trek Renegades, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a quick one, but it was it was great. It was a great to see the outcome and. You know, of course, being green screen, I was, you know, it, I, I wasn't in the same room as everybody else. But what was cool was I actually got a chance to to meet a couple of the other actors and actually perform with them in another sci-fi short, in a sci-fi short that I did called Runaway. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so Paul Lang, who played the captain in um, in Star Trek Horizon, and uh, Callie Brussel, who uh, played, uh, she was... She was one of the officers in, in it as well. So that was actually my first time meeting both of them and um, actually performing face-to-face with them. Well, and were you a Vulcan in that or a, a Romulan? Or what, uh, who did you, what, what race did you play? I, I was a Vulcan. Okay. I was a Vulcan. Yeah, I was a Vulcan with a scar on my face. Oh, uh, cool. And it was something that I, I requested while uh, Lisa was putting my makeup on. And I was like, you know... Can I get a scar? You don't really see Vulcans <laughs> with a scar. And, yeah. You know, kind of, kind of. I was hoping that if given the opportunity to expand on that character, there would be a backstory as to what happened. I mean, because you, you don't really associate Vulcans with scars or anything. Right. You know what I mean? Tribal like that. Or even try, not even tribal, but I, he could have gotten into a fight. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, there's a, there's a backstory. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to. Uh, do that, and there. And Tommy did actually plan a sequel to uh, Horizon, but uh, he was unfortunately shut down by the powers that be over at CBS. And uh, I believe it had more to do with the fact that uh, a new a new TV show now Discovery was was in the works. So gotcha. he unfortunately wasn't able to continue with it. But um, they loved what he did, though. They you know Tommy Tommy is a beast on the computer and. All that stuff he did, you know, I mean, it, he's, you know, he, he, Star Trek Horizon is one of those testaments to the fact that y- you don't necessarily need millions of dollars to do certain things, you know, if you want to produce certain pieces of work yourself. And it was so cool to be able to see his work come to life and, and, and be a part of that, you know, and, and it's not to knock, you know, the people who do work on big multi-million dollar, you know, films and productions and whatnot, but, mm-hmm. um, 
shoot, Tommy literally shot this thing, like I would say about 85% of it in his parents' basement. Wow. Oh, wow. what? Come on. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> in cool. His parents ba- I know. How cool is that? I need so, to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You'll, you'll, you won't be... You won't be disappointed. <laughs> now, how were how are you introduced to Star Trek? I was introduced to Star Trek through the original series. Um, okay. Yeah, I remember coming kid? home. Yeah, yeah, coming home from school, and you know, you had your uh, lineup of cartoons and shows that were that used to always come on, and uh, Star Trek used to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. um, just being a part, you know, seeing that is it. It I was always drawn to it, just like I was always drawn to Star Wars and. A lot of the sci-fi shows and movies that were that were uh, a part of uh, that time when I was growing up, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I was introduced to Star Trek, watching it coming home from school, and you know, just seeing it as part of the lineup that that of shows that came on TV for me. So, it's, what is it about sci-fi that that kind of draws you in? I, you know, I've just I I always say that there are people who. As kids, we play with toys. We play with, uh, we we watch cartoons. We watch things that explode and things that yeah, people that look weird because of ears, their forehead. You know, beings from outer space and whatnot. And some people grow out of it, and some people don't. And I was one of the people that never did, and I. I've just always loved the coolness and and just the just the stories that can come out of sci-fi and what it offers in terms of just different from the norm, different from your basic comedy, different from your basic uh, drama, different from your from your basic, uh, I'm going across town to find this person who killed my brother. You know, yeah. in this, you know, in this case is I'm 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 hopping on the spaceship and I'm gonna go across to the next quadrant to find the bleem that just blew up my <laughs> spaceship. You know. And I got a laser gun, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I got a laser gun. How can how can you not be like, holy shit, I'm I'm digging this. <laughs> so I I just you know, I just always it's just something that's never left me. I mean, I was well surrounded by all things sci fi, horror, and all that. I mean, I read comics growing up, you know. Huge fan of Marvel comics, rips you know, rest in peace to Stan Lee. Um, you know DC Comics and 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 loved my TV shows. Loved Star Trek. Loved Battlestar Galactica. Loved um, Star Wars. I'm about to really date myself. Loved Space 1999. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, old school horror movies and 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 video games and comic books galore. All these things that 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 just you know fits into one nice little you know. Comic Con style box that you know you can <laughs> just pull from. It just never left me, you know. And and it's 
I, it never will, and I'm happy for it, and I'm, I'm I'm happy that it still exists, and that it, and that even with today's technology, we it's it's grown, and and we're actually able to see what we grew up with, and 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 be like, wow, it's a, you know, it's like it's a great time to love, you know, to be a fan of sci-fi. I mean, from what we grew up with, or what I grew up with, I don't know how old you guys are, but you know, to 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 now, it's just it just continues. The love continues, and. and and I, I'm very honored to be a part of it in the ways that I have been a part of it. And I, and I look forward to, to, to the future of that. And I look forward to continuing to be a part of it in whatever way that will be. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you speak in my language. I'm about a year older than you. So uh, we, we grew up with the same stuff. Okay. So you, you, you feel <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Joe, you got another question? Um, let's say, uh, so with all that, it sounds like, um, getting the, the role on the Orville was just perfect. It was, it was, it was, um, you know, again, getting the opportunity to work with the people who were involved on the show and, and being fans of all of their work individually. I mean, you know, Seth, because of his work on family guy, uh, Brandon because of his work on Star Trek, Chad Coleman, you know, because of his work on on uh, Walking Dead, and 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 Adrian Palicki from from her work from the Wonder Woman pilot that never aired to Agents yeah. of Shield, you know what I mean, and all of her work, and and just you know, just all the uh, Penny Johnson from her work on uh, Deep Space Nine, and again being a part of this. This new show, this new universe, this this whole this whole new experience in sci-fi that has been well received, and I mean, I'll call it. We'll probably go for fifty plus years, just like Star Trek did. I mean, I'm very honored to be to be able to say that I was part of a, the third episode of a series that is introducing this new universe, but also introducing this new race. Mm-hmm. And I am a part of what the, the, I'm a part of the blueprint that this race is all about. And it, 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 you, what more can you say? You know, it's, it's, it was just so much fun to do. We shot that on a Sunday. Oh no, I'm sorry. On a Saturday. And, um, People were just as ecstatic to be there on Saturday as they, <laughs> you know as, as you would be on a on a weekday. I mean, mm-hmm. you know the prosthetic team, you know, led by by uh, Howard Berger, you know, and 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 those guys are amazing. Now, Christopher Allen Nelson applied my 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 makeup as the Monklin Doctor. And for people who don't know uh, Chris, he he. Um, he won the Oscar for his work on Suicide Squad, doing Killer Crocs makeup. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he also played the groom in Kill Bill Volume 1. A lot of people <laughs> don't know. So, yeah, so, you know, and, and uh, just being able to say that, that, that my makeup was applied uh, by both, you know, and, and, and worked on and supervised by both these very prominent uh, makeup artists is, you know that that just added to the that just added to the whole experience, which I didn't even know was going to happen. I mean, I knew I, I knew I was going to wear the prosthetic makeup, 
but to know the history behind the people who are actually, you know, behind that. Um, and again, being able to tour the set and just check out everything. And, uh, yeah, I look, I always say I hope they bring I hope they bring the Mocklin doctor back. I hope there's some form of the a continuation of that storyline that that would would bring the Mocklin doctor back and if not, hey, because I was in prosthetic makeup, I can always be brought back for something else. And sure. and I look forward to it. I I hope it happens. I I actually went to a couple of events that uh hosted the Orville. In fact, I think you guys were there too at the Paley, uh, not the Paley Center, but the uh yeah, the Paley Center. Over at um, Hollywood and Highland, yeah, everybody they, Dan was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was there for that and um, got to got to hang out with with the whole cast and crew up in the green room. I walked the red carpet on there, did a couple of interviews, and spoke very highly of the whole experience. And, and you know, and I was there to support, and I was there to be a part of it. And um, and I was very proud to be there. And, you know, they, they, of course, everybody remembered me. And, and, and I, you know, I jokingly said to, to Seth, listen, uh, you know, if you can't bring him back as the mock doc, I would love to come back as somebody else. And I'm waiting for, uh, you know, the, the Family Guy mini crossover where Stewie says, and, and like that time I served aboard the Orville, and all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, me and Seth, we had a good laugh about that. And I was like, you know you got to do it. <laughs> he just kind of, he didn't say anything, but he was kind of like, mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you have a nickname, Mock Doc. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the Mock Doc. Actually, a uh, couple of, one of the, I'll say one of the fans actually came up with that. Okay. Uh, so I, I adopted it. I was like the mock doc. I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I've even, uh, yeah, I've even, uh, signed, uh, autograph. You know, I, I, I attend a lot of, um, as, as a guest at different, uh, comic cons and whatnot. And, right. and uh, I've even signed my autographs. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's a nice catchy, uh, phrase that, uh, I was like, you know what? I dig that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to steal it. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> what a great episode for you to be on too. Like that episode, that's the one that made me a fan from the, the first two episodes. I thought, okay, this, this is fun. This is a fun show. That episode blew me away. And I know it blew a lot of people away and made people really set up and go, Oh crap. This is like a really good show. Right. Right. It, it would, I mean, very controversial and obviously it didn't end up the way everybody thought it would because you know we all thought it would get wrapped up in a nice little neat package where everyone was like okay we're gonna keep we're gonna keep the baby a girl mm -hmm. no that didn't happen right so, yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of fun to be a part of also uh, you know i there was also a couple of buddies of mine who was who was also on the show antonio d charity was on it uh lamont thompson d elliott woods all mocklins um and so it, it's it's cool to you know it's always cool to see people that you that you're in the trenches with um, making it, but also to be able to you know perform with them, share that screen time with them, or even share that that screen credit with them is 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 always you know we're all you know we're all coming up together and all we're all trying to we're all trying to do the damn thing in this town in, in L.A. and uh, yeah. yeah to be you know so shout out to those guys and. Uh, and the great work that they did and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was man, it, it was just fun all around. Just just being a part of it, even watching some of the other scenes being shot and and um, 
and you know, leading up to my scene, you know, so it was, it was, it was a great experience. I have nothing negative to say about it. I, it yeah. was great. Yeah. So you guys are creating this new alien race, you know, in this episode. Like, what, what do they tell you about the Mocklins? Like, the, what did you have to know to kind of put yourself in that, in that role? Well, I kind of learned. <laughs> I kind of learned in a uh, in a way where Seth MacFarlane had to had to give me some, a couple of notes on on how the character is played. So I, I approached I approached my character in a way that was a little more jovial than what uh, they were looking for. Um, okay. I didn't do that in the audition, but I decided to play with a couple of things. I mean, as an actor, it's good to kind of throw things out there and play with a couple of different things, and that gives the director something to to play with. So, mm-hmm. i i did the i did I did the scene one way, and then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna mix this one up. And so I did. <laughs> so I did the scene a little bit different, a little more jovial, and it was kind of. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the holographic doctor from Voyager, where sometimes he can be very just out there like this. And so I delivered the line. <laughs> I am pleased to introduce to you your son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I and I did the scene. We we went all the way to the end, and Seth comes around the corner. He goes, "Okay, so that was good." Um, but here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I like what you. I, I like what you did the first time you did it. The Mocklins are a more serious race, even when they're being funny and don't even realize they're being funny. They're just a very, they're just a very serious, serious stoic uh, race. That uh, you know, humor is not something that just comes out, or they they don't really show levels of um, emotions or happiness. He says something like that. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. He's like, but I like what you did. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it just That's wasn't awesome. right for me. Yeah, it just wasn't right for Right, me. right. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that that was actually my lesson in terms of what the Mocklins were like. Um, <laughs> and, uh, cool. yeah, I just kind of did it from there. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it did anything wrong. It was just, you know, again. Right, yeah. Uh, a director likes an actor who can bring certain things to the table and, and, and who can bring um, variety to the table. So that's what I did. Took a gamble. Didn't, yeah. didn't work out, but hey, showed him I got a little shum shum for him. So. Yeah, you gave him a choice. He, he made the choice. Uh, yeah, and, and hey, maybe one day it'll go up on the blooper reel, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You know, the 20th anniversary of, you know, the Orville where we see bloopers never performed between footage <laughs> or something like that. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you're working on right now that people should be uh, on the lookout for? Well, uh, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm about to shoot the new film about uh, Ernie Banks. Um, it's, 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 it's currently untitled. Well, actually the working title right now is Ernie Banks. Not sure if that's going to, uh, stick, but, um, that's happening. Um, also recurring on a new TV show called, Are You Sleeping? Based on a book by Kathleen Barber. And this is actually Apple TV's first scripted, uh, show. 
that, uh, yeah, they're actually going the Netflix route where they're deciding to go with original programming and they're, they're, oh man, they're, they're going all out with this one. So they're, they're basically going the route of, we're going to start this new show. Let's get, let's get a heavy hitter of an actress to, to kick it off. Um, and let's, let's go from there. And so, um, they have Octavia Spencer as starring in it. Sweet. And Reese Witherspoon is one of the executive producers. It's, um, it's created, the show is created by Michelle Trammell Spellman, who uh, proud to say is a really good friend of mine from the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, her husband is, uh, so Michelle is the showrunner, the creator, uh, the writer of the first episode and a couple of other episodes come. Uh, her husband, Malcolm Spellman, is one of the consulting producers. Uh, ben Watkins is one of the consulting producers. All people from the Bay Area, including myself. Um, so it takes place in Oakland, in Oakland, California. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of Bay Area love there. And uh, a lot of Bay Area love from a crew that I grew up with, uh, worked with, and, and still have friendships to this day. So very honored to be a part of it and very honored that they brought me on board. But the show also stars uh, Michael Beach, um, uh, Ron Cephas Jones from This Is Us and from Luke Cage, uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. We have Mackay Pfeiffer uh, from all sorts of different uh, shows and movies, ER from 8 Mile, uh, Tracy Toms from, from the Grindhouse series, from Rent. Uh, my gosh. Um, it, I mean, Elizabeth Perkins, um, Lizzie Kaplan. This, this, this show is like star-studded in so many different ways. Um, and it's, it's just got, it's got Tammy Roman. I mean, it's got, it's, it's, it's one hell of a cast. And uh, it just, it just keeps getting better. And, and uh, so I'm recurring on that, char- on that show. I'm playing a character named Herbie. And uh, he's one of the people who runs the the bar, the the biker bar that is a, a central uh, location that takes place in the show. Well, it's kind of a mystery show, right? It is a mystery show. Yeah, the nice. premise deals with the fact that a family tries to solve the mystery surrounding their father's death, and uh, a whole lot of stuff ensues from that. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm working on that. Um, and, uh, you know, always have irons in the fire um, and always have some things coming out. And, uh, you, you know, how this business is, you just never know. I'm auditioning one day. Next thing I know, I'm on set the next. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, still touring uh, different comic cons. So I, I will be appearing uh, sometime next year at a comic con near you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not you guys. Well, maybe you guys. I don't yeah. Know. Somewhere, you know. And, um yeah, man, just uh, just just constantly plugging. Uh, still, you know, trying to uh, still doing theater, still doing um, uh, TV, still doing films. I actually, just got back from Oregon. I shot a film uh, called Get Gone, which is a horror film which stars myself as one of the leads, along with uh, Robert Miano and uh, Lynn Shay from There's Something About Mary and, and Insidious, and so. Um, now, keep in mind what I just said. 
like 30 seconds ago. I'm one of the leads in a horror film. Usually in a horror film, the black man's the first one to die. Okay. <laughs> So, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you, man. <laughs> please do, please do, because I am the I without spoiling thing, I am I am one of the leads in a horror film. I am one of, <laughs> I am one of the potential survivors of a horror film where people die. <laughs> Usually the black man dies first. <laughs> That may or may not be the case. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but it's 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 a wonderful piece. It's uh, written by uh, Michael Thomas Daniel, and uh, Michael also directed it as well. And uh, yeah, we shot up in the uh, beautiful uh, city of Cascade Locks, Oregon. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we shot that in uh, July, and it's it was a. Uh, well, June and July, and it was it was a great experience. A lot of fun to be there, and cool, wonderful hospitality, and it was it was really cool. And it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, a lot of night shoots. Uh, got bit a lot by mosquitoes, uh, <laughs> but uh, well worth it. A lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Awesome. That that should be coming out sometime next year as well. Yeah, just one on my watch list. That one out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the latest. That's all that's been uh, going on in my world so far. Cool, Joe. You got anything else? I don't. I uh, just wanted to um, thanks uh, thanks you again, Rico, for joining us tonight. And uh, we we were uh, we were talking about a year ago, and mm-hmm. uh, we finally got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably snagged me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys did. I'm, I'm glad to be able to uh, to be a part of it. Wanted wanted to try to get with you guys before the season two premiere kicks in, and uh, you know, and and make that happen. So I'm glad we were able to. I'm glad you guys are still interested. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you guys and 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 talk things up. Hope I didn't bore you too much. No, it was great. <laughs> Awesome. Um, if I could just do a, a plug in terms of my uh, social media, I would love for uh, people to continue to follow things that I've been doing and stuff like that. I'm on uh, Instagram at uh, underscore Rico Anderson. Uh, my Twitter is I am Rico Anderson. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, not too hard to find. And uh, my website, RicoAnderson.com. Check me out and see what the latest is, updates on things, different things that I spoke on. And um, yeah. There you go. Fantastic. Cool. All right. right. Well, thanks again, man. It was really, really good talking to you. Hey, thank you guys. Looking forward to, uh, to hearing everything. And, um, season two is coming up in a few weeks. I think it's like five weeks now. Four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what was, what's coming down the pike. We're going to, I think we're going to have a lot of Star Trek guests, uh, appearing on this one. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. Hopefully more mock doc. Hopefully more mock doc, fingers crossed. And if not, (laughs) hopefully you'll see me there again in some other capacity. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was really good. So everybody out there might have noticed that we are missing a member of the Puncast crew, and that is a permanent switch. You probably you might already have seen that on 
one of the social media accounts, but uh, Dan went on to, I don't know, we say greener pastures? <laughs> um, he's fighting krill somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. hugging donkeys. <laughs> yeah, hugging donkeys. Yeah, he's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, Dan's um, still with us in spirit, but yeah, he just he's not going to be uh, on. You, you won't hear his sultry tones uh, <laughs> on the episodes. But, uh. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we're we're jazzed. It's as as you just heard Rico say, it's we're we're close. We're just a few weeks away from uh the season two premiere on December 30th. Uh, between now and then, I think we've got a few more guests lined up and um, we've, we've got some big guests already scheduled for when the season starts. So you'll want to hang around and listen in for all of that. Very exciting. So yeah, if, uh, if you're not already follow us on Twitter at planetary underscore union, on Facebook, you can find us at Planetary Union Network. And, of course, go check out our website at planetaryunion.net. And we're also on Instagram, and I didn't have that in the notes. It's uh, Planetary Union Network. And um, we get some exclusive photos that don't make it to the other social media accounts. So, all right. That's it. We're back for Season 2. Hug those donkeys. Ha, 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 ha.